So listen, this is the most action-packed, tactically-packed episode I have probably ever done, and I blame Jordo. So Jordo interviewed me, and he has this way to pull out all my little secret squirrel stuff, and so we did it on this call. So here's what you're going to get, and I want you to take this very seriously. How to scale a business without losing connection with your clients, how I do marketing, and does your marketing pass the grandmother test, adding intention and humanity to what we do, the secret behind longevity with your customers, increasing the lifetime value of your customers and therefore increasing and scaling your business through relationships, the duration and direction customer journeys, and as we came up with this on the call, how to kick off your relationship quotient. I literally broke down and outlined a step-by-step customer journey that every business can apply in this very moment. I also talked about why inverse gaslighting will kill your relationships and most businesses do it and how to establish habits for your customers before they get your product to guarantee that they buy it, use it, succeed, and then turn into referral engines. And that's just the tip of what I cover in this episode. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to it. I want you to take notes. I want you to listen to it again. I want you to implement. And then I want you to send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what you got. That's it. Here's the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. George, what's going on, my man? I'm glad to have you on The Jordo Show. Welcome. I love the Jordo show. I am so stoked to be here. Am I the inaugural human with other voice on the podcast besides you? You are the first and actually a large inspiration for this show even existing. And we've become such great friends and so deeply grateful for not your not only your friendship, but also how much value you bring to the world and, and to our companies. And so we're going to dive into a lot of that here, but you are the first interview. You had to be the first interview that I, I did it. on the show. It. It makes me happy. I'm humbled. I'm caffeinated. I'm worked out and I'm ready to go. And apparently you're about to deadlift 500 pounds. Yeah, no, I did that. I did that yesterday, but it, it's coming. It's coming. I'm reminded that I'm 38 years old and not a competitive athlete. I'm just a dad. And so I probably just need to, you know, find better outlets for my intensity than just carrying pointless objects in a gym that nobody sees. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to dive We're going to dive into all that as well. And for everyone's context here, we're talking about this one really powerful missing metric that I think most leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, anyone who is growing something now to exist in the future, this is the missing metric. Everyone knows all the the key data, the, the leading indicators that produce results, but so few people pay attention to really what this is all about. So we're going to dive into that and that's a teaser, but I want people to get a frame for who you are and what you do. Do you mind taking us back just a bit into a synopsis of your history and what you've done? Give the shortest elevator version because Jordan knows we would be here for three hours if I did it any <laughs> other way. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting because I say this a lot and I say I'm only successful because I'm stupid. And what I mean by that is that I didn't come from business school background, entrepreneurship. Like I accidentally became an entrepreneur because I grew up as a child with drug abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, eating disorders, like 
all of this stuff, like my nose was broken three times by the time I was 16. My front teeth were knocked out four times because I was bullied so much. So the moment I could get out, I ran. I forged my parents' signature, joined the Marine Corps, and I was like, deuces. And then all that trauma turned into, oh, they like this. Like, they reward me for being this crappy. Like, let me just go hate everybody, be disconnected. And then I spent 12 years of my life in the Marine Corps and my whole job, and I'm not joking, my plan was to do 30 years in the Marine Corps, retire and hand out smiley face stickers at Walmart. Like that's as far as my vision went because I was like, okay, I'll make five grand a month. Okay, cool. I can live on that. And then I'll just go hand out smiley face stickers. Like I had no skill set, no background. And then after a couple deployments, a couple injuries, the Marine Corps was like, hey, we're medically separating you. I'm like, what's that mean? They're like, well, you're not getting retired. You're not getting paid. We're basically kicking you out. And I was like, oh, poop. Got it. And luckily at that time, I was a CrossFitter and I found paleo, just the paleo diet. I was eating that way and I loved it. And I wanted to teach myself how to cook. So I started documenting it on the internet in 2010. Weird. Just started a Facebook page and started posting other people's recipes. And within a matter of months, right around 2011, I went from having two followers to 20 to 200 to 2000. I was like, you should start a blog. And I was like, what's a blog? And like, go to blogger.com. And so it just, it, it wasn't like I woke up and I'm like, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. I'm going to do this. I was actually just documenting my life and my journey. And so I was cooking, I was eating, I was doing all this. And then I started basically blogging and the Marine Corps medically separated me. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't have retirement. <laughs> I'm not going to Walmart, but I have this audience, this food blog. And I literally, Jordo, this is how I'm successful. I had built this audience for eight months, nine months or something. And then I was like, hey guys, I'm out of the Marine Corps. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. I don't even know how to make money. Do any of you have ideas? This is on social media with food bloggers. They're like, oh, you should make us a recipe book. We'll buy it. Okay. I open Microsoft Word, upload it to ClickBank. I make a million bucks. No joke. No joke. First product ever. Worst thing that could have ever happened to me because then I thought I made it, but I definitely didn't make it because I didn't keep any of it. But that kind of led into my entrepreneurial journey. And so it was a matter of always communicating with my customers because I had one rule from day one. I would only do it if I responded to every person. I responded to every comment, every email, everything, because there was no point in me doing it and building a relationship if somebody was going to give me their attention and I couldn't give it back. And so that was kind of like my non-negotiable and so I just spent every day talking to people. I'm like, you should do this, or you should launch an app. You should write a cookbook. And then, you know, fast forward and Civilized Caveman kind of became an empire. It became a New York Times bestseller, launched a number one app in the world, blah, 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 multi-seven-figure business. And I, to the day that I left, had the same rule. I hired everything out except the relationship. And so I would still be on social. I would still be responding, but it was why I was able to do what I did. And so then when I walked away from that company, a few people had noticed a lot of my high influencing friends and they're like, yo, how'd you do that? I'm like, do what? And they're like, get this, get this, get this. And so then they started bringing me in behind the scenes. They, Ryan Mirandic named me the Oz and they're like, help me do this, help me do this. And so I took eight years of skill sets and I started consulting on the back end on quote unquote marketing, but really what it was, was customer journey, like human psychology, basic needs, principles, things like that with marketing is the tool to build deeper relationships. And so then I was able to start working with some big brands that a lot of people know, like men's health, Titleist, you know, MBA teams on it, blah, 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 helped a couple of companies hit a billion, couple hundred million. And 
it so continued. And so that kind of became the role that I came into. And then I just stayed off the internet for a couple of years. I was like, I don't exist anymore. Nobody knows what I'm doing. And then my wife was like, hey, you talk too much and you don't have an outlet anymore. I need you to go back on social media just for the sake of our marriage. And I was like, okay. And so then a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm going to be the Robin Hood of marketing. All these people pay me lots and lots of money. They make lots of mistakes and learn lots of lessons. I'm going to turn around and teach it to everybody else on the internet and they're not going to care. And so then that's kind of how I came back on the internet, just started a Facebook group, a podcast. And now I say, you know, my job is to help companies ethically scale. And I say that intentionally because at the end of the day, there is no business without a customer. And especially there's no business with a burnt bridge with a customer. And so I prioritize everything I do around relationships. The only difference is instead of going out strategically, like, well, this is how I build them. I look at, well, we're going to use social. We're going to use email. We're going to use paid media. So in that world, how can we go deeper than everybody else to create maximized results? And that gets us to today. And that's the shortest version I could give you. So good. When it comes to these, actually, our, our mutual friend, Mike Dillard, connected us. And on our yeah. first conversation, I remember us saying, like, did we just become best friends? Like, we, we, have just same, best friends. <laughs> we have the same beliefs about virtually everything, yep. especially as it relates to ethically scaling authenticity and relationships. You know, that's really what this is about. Your key phrase, which I think is so beautiful, is relationships beat algorithms. Yep. You live and breathe and bleed that belief even force your client and you get paid $50,000 a day for consulting yeah. some of these massive organizations. You've built an incredible business, but it isn't predicated on the tiny on the email open rate or the yeah. amount of new leads per day. It's not based on any of that. So tell us a little bit about this secret ingredient that most people are missing this, yeah. this relationship quotient. What is yeah. this? And, this and by the way, I got to give you full credit because you created this relationship quote and name and I love it. And, and here's the thing. And, and this is the easy part because this is where people come in. People always come in like, I need to scale my business. I need to get bigger open rates. I need to get more clicks. And I was like, cool. And I always ask them one question. I was like, well, who's opening, who's clicking and who's buying? And they're mm -hmm. like, I was like, no, name them. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, cool. And I was like, when was the last time you felt disrespected or disconnected? and opened, clicked, or bought something. And then they look at me and they're like, F you. And I was like, oh no, mm. I was just asking. Because what happens is the relationship quote, quotient, right? The thing across the board, it's there whether you see it or not, right? Because mm. everything you're doing is either moving a customer, potential customer, or friend, acquaintance, or human one step closer to you or one step further away from you based on every touch point they have with your organization. And so people focus so much on the result and how to get the result. They miss the ingredient that creates the result, which is the relationship, right? So basic human, like human psychology is a human being needs to feel seen, heard, or respected. That's really, really it, right? They feel validated. They feel seen. They feel a part of something, right? No one goes into a restaurant gets disrespected, the hostess ignores them, the waiter doesn't talk to them, and then orders blindly off a menu and enjoys their meal. But mm -hmm. yet, in most digital marketing, they're like, I need more open rates. Okay, so let's run ads to trick people here to get to this page so we can pixel them and then retarget them with this free plus shipping offer that they don't realize is going to rebuild them, and I'm going to get really upset that they don't open or click my emails. Mm. And so when you start to look at it in the frame of human nature and human being, and I love to just take real life examples, right? Like we look at marketing on the internet, Facebook, you know, paid media, email, blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, cool, take exactly what you designed, like step-by-step of your journey, and then ask me or find me a, a business, like in person, like a brick and mortar business where that would work. And most people can't. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, upsells, right? When was the last time you went to the grocery store, you bought a dozen eggs, and then after you checked out, you took six steps, and they're like, hey, wait, Jordo, I'll give you a dozen more for half off. And you're like, what? <laughs> and then you say no, and then they chase you to the parking lot at your car, and they're like, all right, fine, Jordo, you did it. I'll give you four dozen. You just cover shipping. And you're like, I only needed a dozen. Like, you're going to get arrested for assault, right? But yet we think, or what's been perpetuated is that that's okay to do online. But what people don't realize, Jordo, is the long-term effects of burning a bridge on the front. So they get that in the front, right? They get the sale. They get the AOV, right? The average order value. But they don't have enough data or time in the relationship quote to realize what they lose in the, in the lifetime value, to what they lose in the word-of-mouth marketing and things like that. And so, you know, for me, call it being a decent human being, but here's how I learned marketing. I asked myself, would my grandmother be okay with this? And I'm not joking. And she just passed away like a week ago. So rest in peace, mm-hmm. Graham. But I've, I've given this keynote so many times. And I was like, if my grandmother, who was like 94, couldn't understand the email or was tricked into buying something and wouldn't be happy, I wouldn't do it. And it's really hilarious because when you take that simple approach, it allows you to put the humanity back into what you're doing. And that humanity, like just the intention of that humanity is what quote unquote creates the secret. And I have plenty of tangible examples, but I think the most important part that we have to remember is as business owners, as entrepreneurs, no matter what level you are, we're typically standing at the finish line and we're trying to find customers that are at the starting line. They're not where we are and it's our job to get them there. And I'm going to tell you right now, people do not respond well to being cold, disconnected, cut off, left undone, calling customer service with no results, or even worse, so buying a product and never being helped to use it, never mind being upsold 25 more. And so the relationship quotient, Jordo's word, I'm going to have to learn this one, I'm going to study it, uh, it's like a tongue twister for me, is really just taking the time to put the intention into the human on the other side. And for me, I like to use myself as an example because- I'm an a-hole when I buy something and they don't treat me right, right? I'm a ass if I call customer service and they disrespect me. And I was like, okay, what would I do differently? And then I literally answer that question. I go apply it to a business. I go apply it to mine. And it creates all this opportunity. And so for me, I look at every one of my customers like they're my allies, like they're my best friends, right? And I was like, cool. I don't need them to be codependent on me. But would I ever send my son through this, my daughter through this, my grandmother through this and be like fully confident that like my family is handled? And if the answer is no, I got work to do. And so that's the secret ingredient for me. And so if I had to summarize it in one word, it's intentionality. So we're going to get into a couple of tactical examples of this and how it can, how you can unlock this for various different business models. Cause I think each has a universality yep. about it and some has some, some specifics, but you know, this thing that we're coining here, you know, working on this together, this idea of like a relationship quotient is that there's an intelligent quotient, which is an IQ. There's an EQ, which is for emotional intelligence, but this relational intelligence, I really believe is the secret behind longevity with a customer over time and establishing trust with pre-sold customers to come in so that they buy from you with confidence. It's not the intelligence. It's not the copy. It's not the color of the buttons on the page. Nope. It's 
How do they feel when they come into your world? In that regard, I have you know a couple specific tactical questions, but yeah. can you put that into like a single sentence? Like if you were to say, you know, you say relationships beat algorithms. When you're talking about beating algorithms, does that mean that we put the copywriting off onto the back burner? We put the other, you know, standard metrics about leads or cost per customer or lifetime value. We push that all off to the side and focus solely on relationships or how do we balance the two? No, that's a great, it's more of a harmony, right? So it's how they work together, right? You can't have an increased LTV or acquisition cost without having an increased depth of relationship, right? So this is the part that's hilarious. They work together, whether you're using them or not. But if you're not using the relationship side, it works against you on the top. I look at the relationship quotient as the undertow of the water that's your business. And so, yes, you're still going to write copy. You're taking people on a journey. But you can write the best copy in the world. But if somebody doesn't feel safe, they can never commit. And so when you really think about it, it's not necessarily what I would consider like the missing secret that nobody knows. It's the ingredient that everybody has. And it's the one when utilized creates a desirable result. And so you have to use them in harmony. But what I look at is I look at the relationship as the foundation and then the copy and strategies and tactics and acquisitions and funnels as the tool that goes on top of the foundation. Because then if the tool doesn't work, I didn't burn a bridge. If the strategy doesn't work, I still get a result. You know, really what people have to understand, I have to give full credit to Jonah Berger. If you guys do not know who Jonah Berger is, he wrote the book Contagious, The Catalyst, Invisible Influence, but he's a psychologist of human behavior and he focuses on marketing. But this was like five years ago, and this was an accurate quote, 86% of marketing was word of mouth. And the average consumer gives eight to 10 brand recommendations or non-recommendations in a 60 second conversation. And it is solely based on one thing, how they feel. And so to understand it, it's that you can have the best acquisition strategy in the world, but even if somebody converts, if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel like they belong, if they don't feel like they're a part of it, they can't say anything good. That's where it's missing. Then if you add that relationship of communication and two-way communication being the key of it, right, that there is an actual relationship, they become zealots of brands, right? They sell more of your product than you do. They talk more about you than you do. They promote your podcast more than you do. They become super fans and things like that. That's not because your copy convinced them to buy. It's because your copy was effective in getting them in, but the foundation was built on a solid relationship. And so for me, it's not how to balance them. It's that they're both required. And sometimes relationship takes precedence over strategy or tactic. And there's other times, like especially like cold acquisition, breaking into a new market where you have to play on the field that everybody else is playing on. So you have to go acquisition. You have to do viral videos or ads or things. But your differentiator is once you get their attention, you have depth that nobody else in that field has. And so that's how I would summarize it. And that was not a sentence. So Maya Angelou, it's one of her most mm -hmm. famous quotes is like, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. We're both on the side of like, we're pseudo woo and pseudo hardcore metric driven individuals. So I want us to get into those tactics as well, because people are saying, great, I love that concept of relationships. I believe that I want to treat people well. And I'm an, I'm an ethical entrepreneur. Now like what? how do I, now what how do i how do i build that i think what this results into is that even if people don't experience like the key goal result in a program or a service or a consulting 
they will buy from you again and again and again, or join you and stay with you so long-term when you made them feel supported and loved, right? I think even that concept of saying, love your customer seems so foreign. And some people say that's kind of icky. Like, why would I love my close? But if you were to do this, I love that version of, or that comparison to, could you do this in real life? Could you do this in a brick and mortar? And in many cases, that's why brick and mortar companies for most of the time, they don't, they don't advertise at all. Nope. In the digital space, you have to advertise nonstop yep. because we're so into this, this vibe of analytics and copy and colors. Yep. Whereas the brick and mortar side, they can grow and scale. It's wise for them to, to advertise for sure, but totally. they, they can grow entirely based on building relationships with people, this one-on-one transaction. And it's almost like instead of seeing them as a customer, you see them as a client. In that in that regard, can you show us kind of a map, kind of a gameplay that whether someone's uh, consulting, they're a coach, maybe they have a course, or maybe it's an e-com product. Mm-hmm. How do they start to frame all of their marketing messages or their strategy with the relationship quotient in mind? Yeah, I, I love this. Such a good question, right? Your marketing is informed by your confidence in the journey that's built before they get to you. Let me say that again. Your marketing is informed by the confidence in the journey that's built before they get to you. So what do I mean by that? Your ability to market your supplement is going to be predicated on you believing in it so much and knowing that when somebody buys, you've built a system, a process, a journey that they're going to achieve the result. Because if you don't have that, you're promoting your marketing on hollow ground, right? Same thing for consulting, right? Like for me as a consultant, one of the things I do is I have to be so confident in what I do that you can borrow some of it to believe that it's going to work in your business so we can expand your capacity. But I don't come in blind. I know that once I have you, I have a nine-step model, what the emails need to look like and boom. And so I can sit here and talk to you and be like, no, I guarantee you. Like, I mean, like I will guarantee you or I will not quit until it's done because I know once I have you in every single thing is handled. And so then I can go spend my time on marketing and messaging. So the way that I look at it is that before you put something into the world, for me, the analogy, I use a lighthouse for everything, right? So if you go market your product or your service without a journey designed, you're basically building a dock in the middle of the ocean, asking people to park there and they can't get off their boat. That's basically the best way to describe it. Your dock has to lead somewhere. They have to be able to get off the boat and walk to shore, right? So I'm going to use a, a just any physical product, right? We'll use a supplement. We'll use a, a gym piece of gym equipment, and then we'll do a, a service-based one. So if you think about it, it's like you're going to sell me this, and I'll turn it around because they're not paying for sponsorship, but you're going to sell me the supplement that's in my hand, right? And it's a uh, daily daily boost for metabolism and thyroid support, right? Most people like, okay, I have this product. I'm stoked on this product. It's going to help your metabolism, your thyroid. Okay, I'm going to go sell it. But they start selling it and they're trying to sell it on feature benefits, right? Well, it helps with this. It helps with this. It helps with this. Well, no crap. There's a dime a dozen. You can go to any supplement store and get them. But that's all they can talk about because there's no journey. There's no accountability. Where so if I sell this product, I'm going to ask myself like, okay, they buy the product. The moment they buy the product, how long is it going to take to get to them? Somewhere between three and five days. And I was like, but there's some things they need to know. They need to know like how to best use it, the mistakes that people make, the benefits that they can get, how to maximize their results, where to reach out for support. And all of a sudden, I just designed seven emails, right? And so the way that I think about this is there's only two, co- and I'm getting really tactical. This isn't esoteric for everybody listening, like write this down. 
because I don't share this publicly, unless it's Jordo and he pulls it out of me. I design customer journeys because there's only one of two they can take. They can either go for a duration or a direction, right? They can go for a set of time or a set of steps. And so if you are offering a service where you're going to help somebody write their first email in 30 days, ding, 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 how long do you think your customer journey is going to be? But if you're going to sell somebody a supplement and you need them to take it, well, there's just a series of steps. They don't need to take it over a set of time. They just need to know these things in order, in order for them to get the most out of it, right? So it's duration or direction. So if it's duration, 7, 14, 30, 60, if it's direction, here's my three things. Here's my five things. All you have to do is cover those in the best possible time to support them, right? So that's part one to remember. And I'm giving you ingredients here. So first part is what journey can be built. It's either duration or direction, okay? The next is there's only three types of customer journeys, which is use, consume, and complete. They can either use your product, right? Which for me is this shaker bottle, right? It's not designed to break. I can use it over and over and over and over and over again, and it will last me a lot of time, right? Most people think automobiles are used, but they're not. (laughs) They're consumed because they're designed to break, so you buy a new one. But consume would be like a supplement, a product, a food, anything that has a very crystal clear, I'm buying this, and when I run out, I'm going to need more. Toilet paper, right, is a consumable. And then you have complete. And complete is when we're done, we're done. Like you have everything you need. A lot of digital courses are complete, right? Follow these three steps. A lot of consulting is complete. When I'm done with you after three days, I'm done. Like we're done. You have everything that you need, right? And so those are the only three that really can happen. And you don't have to build them around them, but you have to be able to identify what somebody's going to do with your product or service, right? Is it something that they're going to complete? and then use every day, potentially that would lead you from high ticket offer to retainer client, right? And so those are where they are. So duration or direction is how you build it. It's only one of those two. And the three types are they can either use it, consume it, or complete it. So now we get tactical. And this is where it's really, really easy. I'm going to sell this supplement. I'm actually going to tell everybody what emails I would write because it's really, really simple. I get this supplement. This supplement helps me with my metabolism and thyroid support, right? So I'm assuming you're buying the supplement. Awesome. I know that if I don't talk to you, I don't email you, I don't support you, that thing's going to come in the mail. It's going to go straight in the cabinet and you're never going to use it. And then Mm. I lose, right? You can't talk about a product to your friends that you don't use. You can't give me a testimonial or feedback on a product you don't use. You can't create user-generated content on a product that you don't use. And you can't tell me in your language what you liked or what you didn't like and what worked and what didn't work, which means I don't have the information to effectively market because I'm not getting what I need from you, all because I just simply didn't design a journey. So I do this the same for every single product doesn't matter. Any physical product, anything that you're selling tangibly. Email number one is always a warm welcome, right? They just bought seven seconds ago. They got a confirmation page, which probably insulted their intelligence, reminded them how much money they spent seven days before they got the product, right? Not a good place to start. So Mm -hmm. number one, confirmation page. Give them something, give them a gift, give them a bonus, give them a video, give them anything besides something to increase their buyer's remorse, right? Mm. Then it goes to their email. Number one, number one email is always warm welcome. Congratulate them on what they just did, right? Like validate that they made the right decision. Oh my goodness, Jordo, congrats. I am so stoked that your energy is gonna be through the roof and your thyroid's regulated. You wanna know the truth? Is you just took the easy pill because it's on its way in the mail and you never have to think about it again. So I just wanted to officially welcome you to the family. 
Don't worry over the next couple of days and be teaching how to get the most out of it, the mistakes that most people make and how to maximize your results. So keep your eyes peeled in your inbox. Love you, Jordo. We have to, that was like so good. And I think people who are either watching this or listening to this might've just skimmed over probably one of the, the biggest movers that can kick off this relationship quotient concept into the, it's like that first interaction when they say, look, I trust you 20% and that's enough to buy from you to say like, yep. all right, I, I see some, there's some social proof there's, I've heard from someone else that this would be good. They take that step to go buy from you. And then immediately we're like, okay, here's what you just paid. And we're done with it. Right. And we're done with it. We're done. And that is so powerful for that to consider that the warm welcome to reaffirm and, you know, in a lot of the marketing world talks about like indoctrination sequences, like we need to indoctrinate them into some cult or something. Why don't we kick off the relationship with like, Hey, you've just come to my house. We've gone through the door. We're here together. And am I like, Hey, here's how much you just spent. No, I'd be yeah. like, come on in, have a seat on the couch. I would yeah. bring them. So tactically speaking, I know you use a couple of tools and then I want you to move on to the, yeah. to the next thing as well. But now, do you do like a video in that first one or a link to a video? So, there, or... so, oh God, I love this. So the first part is there's levels to this. Level one is as long as you have anything close to what I just described, you just passed 50% of your competition. Yes. Right? Like there's levels to this game. You simply, and let me say this again, having your confirmation page have a gift, a bonus, a surprise, a video, something that humanizes the relationship. It goes from I bought a supplement to I bought it from this person. It goes from, I gave them my credit card to there's a human talking to me. Like you humanize the relationship and eliminate somebody's ability to get reactive or defensive because you are a real person. And that could be with a gift, a video, anything, right? When it comes to email, just words to literally simplify this equation. What is happens every time somebody buys? And I'm going to literally piss some people off right now. Somebody comes and spends $100 with you and you send them an email. And the first thing you tell them is how fucking awesome you are. Screw you. No, like you literally, they paid you and then you made it about you. It's like inverse gaslighting is exactly what it's like, right? Oh, that's so good. How about... They just trusted you. They already know how awesome you are because you got their credit card. Why don't we make them awesome and make your customer the hero of the journey? And so you just say, congrats, you affirm and what you're doing and you nailed this earlier, right? Seth Godin's the master of permission-based marketing, right? But in our world of marketing, you see two sides. You're wrong, give me your credit card or you're right, give me your credit card. One of them leads to reactants, refunds, and negative reviews, and one of them leads to support. Because if I'm like, Jordo, you did it. Welcome to the family. I'm here to support you. And you hit a roadblock, instead of blaming me, you're going to raise your hand and ask me for help. Welcome to human psychology. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really simple because you create allies instead of enemies when you understand that this is a game of patience and you want a ninja one. My favorite part, Jordo, is if I asked anybody listening to this, how long do you want a customer to stay? And they're like five years. And I'm like, great. Then why are you trying to email them everything on day one? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you eloping? You think that's going to work? No. Or you don't email them at all. I was like, wouldn't it make sense logically that if you want them to stay for a longer period of time, you break up your communication to micro wins and micro commitments and expand the in time 
that it takes to get into that relationship. So at the end of 30 days, they're like, I didn't get an email from Jordo. I feel kind of lonely. I'm going to reply. What's he doing on social, right? And so there's so many levels to this. So level one is just communicate. Level two, yeah, there's amazing tools. Bonjoro is one of them. I use it all the time. Video Ask is another one that's owned by Typeform, right? But the thing here is that what I won't let people do is I won't let you go get excited about tools when you don't have the foundation to use them in the first place. And so what's more important than the tool is the intention behind it. And so when you think about this, you're like, God, that makes so much sense. And then like, let's get empathetic about your customers. How many customers, when you buy their product are sitting at their computer, so bored and excited. They're like, God, my life works. It's so great. I just bought, let me wait till they email me. And then I'm going to spend an hour reading their email. No, Mm -hmm. they're in the car commuting on the go. Something's not working. And then we send them these emails that are like 10,000 words long. And then we get upset. They don't read them. And I was like, How about you respect people's time? So I treat email and customer journeys like I'm texting you, like you're my best friend, right? It's quick, it's to the point, it's relational, it's two-way, and then it's boom. And so I answered your question, so I'm gonna move on to part two. So number one, warm welcome. Really, really easy. So there's the confirmation page, some surprise and delight. Yep. Some kind of bonus, which I love. And I've yep. never thought about that. I've never yep. thought. About- oh, wait till I give you magic for you. I have so many ideas for you. If, if you're, if you're doing like a supplement, it could be like a free guide or a mini course to go along with. Do you want to know that the ninja way? Yeah. yeah, yeah really, that? really easy. I'll use collagen since a lot of people know me for collagen companies, right? Collagen itself is an amazing product, right? Cool. Well, you're not going to have it for seven days, but if I can establish a habit of creating recipes that use collagen before you get the collagen, when it comes in the mail, all you do is have to put a scoop in it. And I already established a habit, Atomic Habits 101. Mm -hmm. So what do I give you? A lot of the times I gave you our 15 five-minute recipes to increase hair, skin, and nails, and they were smoothies and bowls, and the ingredient was collagen, but I told you to start making them now. So that when your box arrived in the mail, all you had to do was open it and scoop into your existing habit. I'm just eliminating objections over and over and over. Plus, I'm giving them a way to talk about it because now they know how to use it before it comes. And so you can do this across the board. If somebody's buying fitness equipment, give them at-home workouts. If somebody's paying for your consulting service, give them a bonus they didn't know that they can give to their team to be better set up to win. Right? Like somebody pays for my consulting. I send their team access to all my courses Mm. and they're like, what? And they're like, I'm like, well, yeah, you just paid me a lot of money. And they're like, well, yeah, but I didn't think you'd send that to me. Like we thought we'd have to buy them. It's Mm. crazy. Right. And so like you get to realize that you can do all these things. I could do a 10 hour presentation on just surprise and delight and depth here and accountability. But really what it is, is that I try, and I've never talked about this. I try to ethically poach as much real estate in somebody's life as possible. Mm. That's where I beat my competitors because my competitors compete on product. I compete on their life. So if I'm selling you a collagen, it's really easy for me to tell you to take a collagen and put it in your smoothie, right? But if I talk to you about the benefits of sleep and coffee and movement and water, and I teach you all these different modalities, and I always remind you, and then yes, take this too. And this is how to maximize it. Every time you go to bed, you think about me. Every time you pick up that shaker bottle, you think about me. Every single time you're at the chiropractor getting adjusted because it's good for your health. And I told you, you think about collagen. And people are like, God, it's like, I can't stop thinking about you. It's weird. I'm like, I know, I know, right? It's like, yeah, we did it on purpose. It's called a social trigger, right? And so 
we could do a whole one on that. So yes, confirmation page. We could literally page. do a, an event, a live event, just about, there's so much to cover there. And obviously we don't, <laughs> I, but I'm so excited about that because I think that anyone can implement that right now. Is that right, right after someone buys, surprise and delight on order confirmation page, warm welcome in that email sequence. So then like, where do we take them from here? Yeah. And last part, the whole thing about the warm welcome or the surprise and delight on the confirmation page is we know no matter how much money we spend, the first thing human beings do is doubt the purchase. It doesn't matter where you are. It's just human nature. You can change the words on the page and eliminate that doubt by just adding a welcome letter on the confirmation page. Like there's so mm. many things you can do. It's not like I have to send gifts and money. Like I said, it's the intentionality, right? You have a friend who's afraid to talk to you. And then the moment they do, they were afraid you're going to blow up and get mad. And you're like, oh my God, I get it. Thank you for sharing. And they feel safe immediately. Same concept, right? Just using it in marketing and business. So confirmation page, then warm welcome. And then I typically work in like fives or sevens because I understand like I then go to customer service. I'm like, what are the biggest customer service issues we're having with this product? And they tell me, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. So I get them enrolled. And then I was like, warm welcome. So then the next one I always do is how to maximize their results. And then I use that because I can give them something to do in that email before the product arrives, right? And so like, this is a thyroid metabolism support. And I'm like, hey, listen, when you get this, like, this is how you're gonna be maximizing. I'm gonna teach you how to take it, but I want you to know that there's other areas in your life where if you do them today, it'll help make this more effective and also fast track your results. So let's talk about sleep. And then I go into sleep and all I'm really doing is just supporting them and what it's going to help anyways. And so then that's email number two. And then email number three, I always go to how to use the product because now they're excited because last night they slept better or potentially slept better. And now I'm like, oh, now wait till the product comes. And when you wake up in the morning, it's the first two things you take. And so I'm like, hey, when it gets there, I want you to realize that it's easy and I want you to build a habit around it. The best thing to do is take it with 16 ounces of water first thing in the morning. And so when it gets there, put it on your nightstand, have that water. And for a little bit of lemon and apple cider vinegar, you'll get a massive boost, right? And so then I teach them how to use it. Then I always go to mistakes people make. And it's like, don't do this. And I just go through my customer service. And I was like, hey, don't take it inconsistently. The biggest mistakes people make is they take it inconsistently. And I was like, another one, don't quit too early. You'll get results in 30 days, but you'll get maximum results in six months. Preframing, seeding, thinking on day three or four before their product even arrives that they're going to feel better in 30 days, but they're going to feel their best in six months if they take it consistently, all from just answering objections, right? And so then email number five, and I'm just riffing off the top of my head, is normally something like it should be there by now. Here's how to communicate with us. If you have any questions, boom, 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 boom. Email number six is like, oh, by the way, here's other uses of the product. This is, could apply to physical products, anything. And then email number seven is always a transition. And it's always a transition because there's always a handoff, right? And so I just took them through a journey with this product. If the last email they got was, you know, how to use it, and then they don't hear from me for a week and I drop a sales newsletter, they're going to say no. They're going to feel transacted, boom. But if I'm like, hey, listen, now that you have it, I want you to keep taking it consistently. And three times a week... Over the next couple of months, we're going to be sharing recipes and tools and tips and even some of our new stuff that we're excited about that you get because you're a member. And so those are the emails that you can look forward to getting. And then all of a sudden, I've written myself a permission slip to send sales emails, content emails, upsell emails, all from just intentionally designing that journey. And so if I was doing it for a duration, right, I'm going to teach you how to reset your metabolism in 30 days. 
I do the same thing. Warm welcome, except then number two is I give you an overview of what your 30 days is going to look like so I can set expectations. And then email number three is I was like, by the way, most people fail because they don't prep. So here's what you need to do in your life to get ready to do this, right? And it's like, hey, put it in your calendar for five minutes a day. Make sure you get this, buy this supplement. And I give them time to actually complete what's here. And then on day four, I'm like, all right, cool. Here's what we're going to do in week one. And tomorrow we get started. And then on tomorrow, day one, I give them content, whatever they're supposed to be doing, taking the supplement, doing whatever. And then normally I check in two to three days later. And I'm like, hey, I just want to check in. Maybe you saw the email. Maybe you didn't. If you didn't, I copied and pasted it below. And if you did, have you put it into practice? But here's a secret. Even if you didn't, you're not wrong. We have a lifetime together to make this happen. So let's make an adjustment today. Put it into practice. And then at the end of the week, I wrap it up. And then I transition. I'm like, hey, in two days, I'm going to hit you with how we're going to win week two. And remember, it's not about how perfect you did week one. It's just a matter that if you did something, because we're going to keep building momentum. And then I go into week two, week three, week four. It always ends with the transition. And then I'm out. And for everybody asking and wondering, the same principles apply to lead magnets, except instead of it being a transition to a nurture sequence, it's a transition to a sales sequence because now they've completed the journey I promised and the proclivity to buy is massively increased because they already have momentum. So if I give them a seven-day guide and I take them through the whole guide, whether they completed it or not, I gave them the time. So then when I transition to a sales sequence, they're more likely to buy instead of tricking them to give me their email. And then 10 minutes later, bait and switching them and sending them a sales email and being wondering why they don't buy. Boy, that, that is so powerful where I always tell people that if, you know, people who are struggling with converting people from like a lead magnet, or maybe they filled out an application, but they haven't taken the next step. I always say those people are only giving you that information because they need something. Yep. They wouldn't be giving you the information or giving you the email if they weren't raising their hand saying, like, there's probably 1.5% of the population who is grabbing your lead magnet to spy on you and your yeah. competitors. For all intents and purposes, every person who's on your list is there because they need something from you and they believe yeah. that you can deliver it. But let's address kind of the, the tactical elephant that's always in the room around email conversations specifically is that it's like open rates are deplorable. <laughs> And like people say, no one opens my emails or like, hey, what's the best autoresponder? So we're kind of trying to tactically hack around yep. Yep. getting that important message to people. So, but you have had upwards of 80% open rates, which is unbelievable for, for those who are not fully aware. If you get about a 20 to 30% open rate, that's actually pretty good. But if we're doing, if you're able to get 40 or 50% of people, that's incredible, but George is getting 70 or 80. So actually he just pulled up a screen for those of you who are on the podcast. We'll describe this kind of audibly as well, but I can see like all of his open rates and his click-through rates. The first email is a 92% open rate, almost 92.8% open rate and a 72% click rate. What is happening? What is this? And by the way, this is my daily newsletter that I write. And I do. And this was like two months in. So this wasn't right when they joined. My open rates go up over time. And so do my click-through rates. And so I just put this up because there are a few people that are going to be watching this video. This is a screenshot of my convert kit. 
on the back end. And so I just, I don't think I've ever showed it to Jordo, but yeah, for what you're seeing, Incredible. it's 92 .8, 83.1, 83.1, 86.5, 83.8. And then the ones that you see 0% click-through rates is I intentionally don't put a link in there because not everything is designed to get them out. And so while you were talking, you had screen sharing open. I'm like, I got to put it up. So let me talk about this really quickly. There's a very unhealthy relationship with email marketing. Mm. Very unhealthy. Because 99% of people I meet think email has one job and it's to sell. And that's where you lose. Selling an email is like number five for me. Number one, number one. The number one reason I use email is to be a social trigger in somebody's brain. That is it. I want them to see my name and subject line in their inbox and think of me for the rest of the day. Because then when they're on social and they see my post, they'll stop and read it because of their pre-existing relationship with me in their inbox. Number two is accountability. Because I am emailing them because I made a promise to them and they committed to me some way, shape or form to be on my email list. And every single time they see my name in the inbox, it is a reminder of the work that we're doing together. And it's either, wow, this worked really well, or I'm not doing it. I need to lean in and get support. Number three, it's a relationship tool because it's two-way based. And so it's an open conversation back and forth between my team and I and our customers to support them and get them unstuck. I look at email like you have my personal phone number. Mm. That's how I see email. That's how I look at it. Number four, potentially is to sell. Potentially. But unless those top three are done, a sale can't happen in the first place. And so people obsess about trying to strategically get open rates or click-through rates when they don't realize that 60% of people that see your name in your inbox take the action without ever opening your email based on the pre-existing relationship with the sender. Let me say that again. 60% of people that get emailed by you because of the relationship you have, see your name, don't ever open your email, but then go find you. So for example, how many times have you been shopping on Amazon, completely forgot and just saw the name Amazon in your inbox, didn't open the email, but opened the app on your phone? How many times does your favorite person release a podcast and you know on Fridays when that email hits your box, there's a podcast, you see Jordo and the Jordo show, but you don't open the email, but then you go open podcast and listen to the show. I'm really effing smart. Litmus did a massive study on this. Massive. So people have an unhealthy relationship with it because they also don't understand the paradigm. My job is not to get you to open every email. If you open every email, we have a codependent relationship and you are not getting results. I lose. My job is to create an environment or a system that no matter whether you open it or not and when you do or you don't, that there's value that moves you one step closer to your desired result. And it just so happens when you understand that game, open rates go up, click-through rates go up because you're not trying to trick somebody to get into it. You're just providing an opportunity when they're ready for them to open it. And click-through rates are no different. And I will give everybody a little ninja hack right now because this one pisses me off a lot. I love when people tell me they're pissed people didn't click their link. But if you go look at their previous 30 emails, they never asked anybody to click anything. Mm. And I was like, so you're mad 
that you conditioned them that every time you sent an email to not click, and then now because you're in scarcity mode, you sent an email with a sale and they didn't click. And I was like, that's just conditioned behavior. It's not because your copy's bad. It's not because your offer's bad. It's just simply because there was no pre-framed context for them to click. And so I don't look at open rates and I don't look at click-through rates and the results that you get are what I put on the screen for you. Because it's really, really simple. If I get you to open an email, I make sure it's valuable. And then in that email, I tell you when the next one's coming and what the subject line's going to be. And then I open the loop for you to communicate openly with me. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden, the next one comes. And then the next one comes. And I'm basically telling you step by step by step, like Hansel and Gretel, hey, Jordo, we're only on day one of seven, but I'm stoked. And so even if you can't read them all, make sure you check every couple of days because I'll include links back to the other one. And now all of a sudden, they're like, fuck, I have to. What am I going to miss? Where is it going to go? Mm-hmm. It's not shady. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, real. It's, on purpose, right? It's, it's like, like if it's- somebody pays me to be their personal trainer, I'd be like, hey, you need to meet me at 7 a.m. at this spot. Mm-hmm. And if they no show, I'm not going to leave them. I'm not going to like go chase them down, but I'm going to text them the next night. I'm like, hey, man, you weren't there. I was like, we can't get a result if you don't show up. I'm like, but I'll gladly get paid to sit at the gym and work out by myself. All of a sudden, they open the text and they're at the gym at 645. Right? And so you have to create these containers and this world in which people can take their journey and their experience. But the last thing I ever worry about is open and click the rates. And here's the secret why. I can get whatever number I want based on how I segment your list, how I condition your list, how I run your list, any of it. I'm lazy. I hate segmentation because I'm lazy. I email, I email everybody. So I designed my whole list to be like that. So I can talk about anything I want whenever I want. But it's the wrong metric for me because that metric is informed from that relationship quotient underneath it, right? Mm-hmm. Because now all of a sudden you realize you're like, holy moly. Because if I ask everybody right now listening just to think about this, you open your inbox and most people don't like their inbox, right? I'm inbox zero every day, but I don't really like it. I'm unsubscribing for 50 emails a day. Somehow they get my email, right? I'm not like, oh, this is stoked, right? But I also have a couple emails that every day when I open my inbox, I look for every single day and I don't read them all. Like the morning brew, for example, I probably have six months of them in there. I've read four of them. I won't get them out of my inbox because I convince myself I'll go read them because of my relationship with the brand. And you realize like, what do you want? Do you want people tricked into opening an email, not taking an action and not converting? Or do you want people literally feeling like they missed out because they didn't read your email because they didn't get to open it? And so my job in my world is to make you crave my email. Like when I don't send one, it's hilarious because in, <laughs> intentionally in one of my sequences, my daily newsletter, we send them every day and three times I didn't send them. I skipped a day and mm-hmm. we get 50 to 100 responses when it doesn't go out. Hey, where's our email? Did I miss it? I think I hit spam. What happened? I'm not on your list anymore. I'm like, oh, we forgot to send it. And I did it accidentally and I realized people were literally missing the email. And I was like, that's what it takes. And so that's kind of my thought and theory on it is that if you prioritize those, and they're really vanity metrics, if you prioritize those vanity metrics, then you're going to lose the game. And like Andre Chaperone is the king of email. He's a dear friend. He's who taught me autoresponders a long time ago. But like Andre used to win ClickFunnels affiliate contests with a list of 2,100 people. And I know I had to drop that name, but like there's people with 100,000, 200,000, a million people He had a list of 2,100 people. He was converting 1,600 of them on offers on that list. 
like everyone's like, what are you doing? But he, it was so personal and so connected and it was built over time that he didn't have to sell anything. He didn't have to hire a copywriter. He just like, Hey guys, I use this. I think you should use this too. Mm-hmm. And like everybody goes right. And it happens across the board and, and everybody tries to replicate it, but you have to look deeper than the tactic. You can't replicate their five-part sales sequence and get the same results when you didn't replicate the relationship foundation that they've been building for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. And so that's how I see that. It does remind me of your actual mailbox. The Mm -hmm. mail that you open is the ones that you are looking forward to. Or if you get a surprise, hey, I recognize that name. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same version of the – it's a physical manifestation this principle yeah. at work. And the one one note that I have my thought that I think everybody should realize, I see this happen and it's not intentional, but a lot of people assume they know. And you have to remember when somebody buys from you or gives you their email, they're subconsciously outsourcing accountability even if they know. Your job is to remind them of everything. And I said this to my team one day and they quoted me and I said, leadership is saying the same thing as many times as required till the last person gets it. You can hire me as a trainer. You'll never get mad at me telling you to drink more water. You'll listen and you'll do it. And there's days you already did, but you'll let it pass. But it doesn't ever hurt you. It deepens our relationship of accountability. And so when you think about it, like the reason I said it is you talked about physical mail. I don't think a company's biggest enemy is that customers don't buy. I think a company's biggest enemy is that customers buy and never use their product or service. That is the biggest fail that I've ever seen in a business. That is a guaranteed path out. And most of the time, they simply happen because we refuse to lead them to the water. And so it's like, as granular as this may sound, my whole course is out, Jordo. So nobody go buy it. I just gave it to you. No, there's more. But on that email part, that journey I talked about, this is a ninja thing. And you only get this because you're 40 minutes into this. So if you didn't listen, you're effed. You're welcome. By law, transactional emails are required to hit somebody's inbox. By law. Because the SEC. A receipt. You can't filter a receipt via spam. You cannot. doesn't happen like that. So all the bureaus, all the email bureaus, they can do whatever they want. Somebody can have blocks, filters, and everything. Your receipt is guaranteed to hit somebody's inbox. You know what else is? The shipping and the delivery. Guaranteed because they're transactional emails. They have bypasses on the filters. Those are the second most wasted piece of real estate on the internet because what does everybody do? Default. Hey, here's how much money you spent. Up, it's out the door. Up, it's delivered. I double more businesses by just using those three emails than anything else in my arsenal every single time. It's like, hey, I sent you this supplement. What do I want you to do? When it gets there, I want you to open it and put it by your bedside. If you don't tell me to do that, do you think I'm going to? Yeah, it goes in the cabinet. Goes in the cabinet, right? And so like, I'm going to walk everybody through this right now. I've never publicly shared this. I bomb your inbox. So you buy this supplement, you get the confirmation page with a warm welcome, a boom. And then I tell you, there's a gift in your inbox. I know that the receipt has to hit your inbox. I know that my number one email might get spam filtered, right? So I write my number one email, warm welcome, like I said earlier. And then in the receipt, I give them the gift. And so in the receipt, I say regular copy of like, I'm so stoked and I have that gift for you. And I was like, the gift is linked in the email. Here's the subject line. I knew this email would hit your inbox because it's required by law. And other marketers made me miss your inbox because they treat you like crap. But Mm -hmm. I really have a gift for you. So here 
is a link to it. And it's also linked in email one. So make sure you go find that email so you can get the rest of the stuff. And now I just took that number one default piece of real estate and I made it a leadership tool to move them to where I want to go. And they might open it. They might not. Cool. Email number two, shipping. Hey, Jordan just finished packing up your order. I put a picture of Jordan in the email and it's on the delivery truck. We have had reports of people stealing the packages because they're so good, but I wanted to show you what the box looked like. And there's a very important distinction here. You didn't pay me for your sup this supplement, you paid me for results. And results don't come from the supplement sitting on the shelf. And the number one biggest mistake our customers make is they open it and never take it. So let me make this simple. When your box arrives, I want you to literally cut open the package, take it out, cut the top off and take two pills with 16 ounces of water. And when you're done, put the bottle on your nightstand. And I was like, that will guarantee your success. And they're like, okay. And then delivery. And literally, <laughs> I always use this subject line on the delivery one, urgent notice, package stolen. And, mm. I, and nobody gets mad at it. They know I do it all the time. And I'm like, hey, uh, I just got confirmation that your package was delivered and it either got Ace Ventured or somebody might've potentially stole it because we've got reports of people taking these supplements. So I just want you to run to the door and make sure it's there. But remember... The most important thing is that you open it immediately because your results can't come if you don't start taking the product. And so those are just using the transactional emails. Now I'm saying all the same things in the first emails that I talked about, but now it's kind of short to the point and those emails drive them back to the other ones and get the product up there, right? And so then it's like, George, how do you get tagged on Instagram with physical products 7,000 times a day? Oh, it's easy. In the delivery email, I tell them as soon as they open it to post a selfie with the hashtag and I'll pick one person a week to win. And they're like, oh shit. And I was like, oh, what you mean? They didn't do the thing you wanted them to do when you didn't ask them to do it? Mm. Oh yeah, that's, that's bad, right? Like Jim says, you can't get mad at results you don't have from things you didn't do. Yep. You can't expect things from people when you don't ask. And so that's mm -hmm. another thing that I do that I decided to share. I'm sure everyone here listening and although we're we're close to out of time. This was intended as a podcast interview and just turned into a literal email in conversion masterclass. And if someone doesn't at least put one of these things in play into their arsenal and implement this stuff, you must not actually want to grow because all of the, I've taken so many mental notes here and things that, that we're going to implement already. And so that's what happens every time I get around you. So I'm deeply grateful for you coming on of to course, share man. so much. And, uh, and, I, and I know for a fact that you don't share that stuff super publicly. I, I went to one of your live events and you didn't share any of what you just shared no. at, at that event with all that content there. So this was unbelievable value. I, I can't wait for people to get their hands on this. Where else can people find out more about oh, yeah. you or follow you or get even put onto that email sequence to see what it's all about? Yeah. So I pulled that email sequence down because I really got tired of writing daily emails, but I've been requested a thousand times in the last month. So I think I'm going to resurge it back up and I might <laughs> open it up again. Yeah. But if I do, I will only announce it on my podcast. So the easiest place to find me is my podcast. And by the way, I highly recommend you listen to the episode with Jordo and I. It's actually one of our top five episodes. So I had a blast, wow. but my wow. podcast is called The Mind of George Show. It's on all platforms that podcasts are on. And my website is mindofgeorge.com. So that's the easiest place. My Instagram is it's George Bryant, but I would say find the podcast and then you'll find me everywhere else. And if I can support you in any way, Jordo will vouch for this. If you DM me, I will personally respond. So if you are 
bold enough to ask, I will be bold enough to answer for free, but most people won't. So you will get one of the gifts. So you know, send them over. Two things about that. George's show, just so you guys are aware, the Mind of George uh, podcast, it's only one of three shows I listen to at all. I reject all other podcasts and I listen to three and George is one of them. And two, it's so funny you mentioned that about giving out that content. I might be the craziest person on the planet. I put my personal email on the front page of dropfunnels.com. Yep. yep. And I say, if you have a question, you can email me. In the past 30 days, I've gotten one email. Yeah. One it's email. crazy to me. They think it's fake or they think it's yep. like, no, literally, here's my email. It's jordan at dropfunnels.com. That's it. <laughs> Click email and I'll answer your question. One person has emailed me. I know. It's so, mind blowing. It, it's like, you know, it's right there. But I think that there's so much here to gather. We're going to have to have you back on the show for sure. Let's if you do guys it. Go right now after this one. Go subscribe to the Mind of George podcast and go listen to the one that we did because we went deep into some dark topics <laughs> we did internet marketing space and revealed a lot of things that you might not really be aware of so again george thank you for your time here and i'm sure everyone is excited to hear more from you and do all those events guys go follow him and appreciate you guys being here if you guys would take a moment right now go ahead and click that subscribe button so that you get all these beautiful gold nuggets every single time we, re we release a brand new show i'm jordo we'll see you on the next step Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.